You don't think it's going to be just like awful hearing me go like, I think that's a, uh, hey, this is the spooky audience spooky section. So. Let us level with you. Our podcast has been taken over yeah. by ghosts. Yeah. And we have come to bargain with them. Popcorn Alex is here, so please, ghosts. I, I, yeah, we'll do I some nasty, things. weird stuff on this one if you leave us alone, ghosts. Yeah, yeah, ghosts. Hey, ghosts, you want a little taste? Oh, mm, the ghost mm, is chomping. That one it's like went it. to the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, we've <laughs> we've tried to record this before, and a ghost stopped us. So now we're here, and we've appeased them. So hopefully, we. Uh, We'll bring you a wonderful. I didn't episode pee anywhere audience. close to those ghosts. I can't speak for you, but uh, hello and welcome <laughs> back. If you've been with us before, we're the Tuck Cut Podcast, and I'm Matthew. Um, I'm Popcorn Kickers, Alex, and I Kickers. haven't pissed on any ghosts. That's good. I'm scared of no ghosts. <laughs> Very different tone if you're pissing on the ghost. Um, well, anyway, uh, this is episode. 82 part Ooh. one of our movies that scared us as kids bracket uh, which is quite a mouthful i just um, i, I alex, called it childhood fears that's 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 what i'm gonna call it hey alex you want to explain what what the, what the childhood fears bracket could possibly be oh yeah i mean this one i feel like is the least self-explanatory of the ones we've done in a little while because you know it was like pirates and then it was you know so um and well, like you clearly didn't explain pirates well enough because I pitched dodgeball. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's on us for sure. That's, on, that's my that's fault Alex's for sure. Fault, you know? um, this bracket is well. I thought that it was movies that we watched as children that scared us, which I think you guys yeah. also yeah. did. I just I don't know. I I assumed we would also be picking like all kids movies. But I guess kids don't have to only watch kids movies. Hey, audience, these two these two guys, they picked some adult movies. <laughs> and yeah, they're going to be scary to kids. OK, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I got to say. One of it. my picks that's is true. like, it's not scary. It's funny. That's <laughs> true. Also, anyway, well, audience, I bet you're wondering what the hell is in this episode? Well, you can read the description if you haven't realized we put all the movies that are going to be in the bracket in there. Um, but coming at you in today's episode specifically, uh, we've got James and the Giant Peach versus Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And then we've got Pan's Labyrinth versus <laughs> Saw 2. <laughs> Are you emotionally ready for that one, Matthew? No. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we get yeah. there. <laughs> Spo- spoilers ahead. We're going to be spoiling these movies. And boy, are there twists and turns in James and the Giant Peach and no other movie <laughs> on this uh, <laughs> bracket. Yeah. No, they're, they're some pretty cool. good movies that we got going on. So if you want to watch them, you know, watch them and watch along with us. We, we love it. Um, And just as a quick content warning, um, particularly for Saw 2, it's the Saw franchise. There is quite a bit of intense gore, um, some abusive language, the whole kind of host of other things. Yeah. And just, you know, in general, these are childhood fears. Like Alex said, like there are some joyful films that we just like just got scared of. But there's also just scary images. If you are very like yeah, scared of totally like fair. horror stuff or like shit that's actually like scary, you know, maybe avoid some of the ones that don't look like kids movies. Yeah. Uh, on this one. <laughs> Alex made a very fair point. Yeah. Um, sometimes kids get into the dvd case where they shouldn't be yeah that's very um, grubby little paws all over harry potter 6 when they're to, supposed to be watching to be harry fair, potter 1 to be fair i do think i got correctly bamboozled into thinking pan's labyrinth was just a nice little romp 
went to a fairy tale land, but then some real spooky shit happened. But we'll get into oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So with that said, Alex, uh, do you want to go ahead and introduce James and the Giant Pete? Yeah. Uh, this is the Roll Doll Classic. Um, that boy James's parents get killed by a rhinoceros, uh, and then he's an orphan with a terrible life, and then he gets magic worms, and then he gets a big peach, and then he has bug friends, and they go to the go to the big city, New York itself. Um, I hate this movie. I hate this movie as a child. I hate it now. Uh, but I thought I should bring it because it terrified me and it still does. Oh, you know, what's going to be so fun about this bracket is that like, yeah, we might pitch stuff that we hate. I am not biased towards James and the Giant Peach because I just hate it. Like I have no attachment to it. Um, I thought it'd be fun to read some reviews of this movie on Google. Um, Idris says, I wish I could watch this movie because I read the book in grade three and I want this to come on Netflix so badly. And for people putting bad reviews for this movie, uh, the directors worked so hard. So delete your comments or get out of here because how would you feel if over a thousand people wrote bad reviews Damn, for your Idris movie? Elba really popped off. I feel like, you know. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of this movie, Matthew? Um, I swear where I watched like an alternate universe version of this in elementary school. <laughs> like I've for sure seen this movie. There's moments I remember mm-hmm. like the totally not Jack Skellington, but as a pirate, mm-hmm. um, yep. the pi- giant peach. What? Um, <laughs> uh, but I <laughs> swore on my brain that them arriving in New York was like a daytime scene and people were yelling like angrily at them and they didn't accept them. But it turns out they did accept them. So I think that I am from a different universe and just watched a different version of this movie and was familiar with a different version of this children's tale that was about how we should not to like people with giant fruit. I don't know. It was fine. Um, Susan Sarandon as a spider. I know, Jake. No, but was um, she's hot. Kind of uh, crazy. Look, <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Jake's like, I'm all for spiders. No, like, dead ass. Sure. Yeah, like, there is, like, a trope. There's a trope with animated spiders making them all sexy. Like, if they're played by sexy people, I'm a watch. James is that why you ironically, also love yes. Uh, yeah, James, James's spider mama is a uh, Yeah. Uh, I also I I fucked with Roald Dahl heavily. I mean, real real fans of the podcast know that Roald Dahl has some of my favorite, you know, shit. I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a Roald Dahl, uh, and I love that shit. Uh, I this did not scare me as much as <laughs> scared Alex, probably, but it, it is jarring. And if you look, like, look, I'm usually scared of spiders. Probably when I was a kid, I probably was scared of the spider until I hit puberty and started having feelings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That the only thing that got giant. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but it's James. James is fucking terrifying in this. His eyes are haunting. That is scary. His eyes are terrifying. He doesn't look like the living boy that they used, <laughs> and he can't sing for shit. All of those are true about me. <laughs> Your eyes are gorgeous. Actually, With that no, said, I don't. I, I'm not going to let you talk yourself down. You. You have. Beautiful yep. eyes. Piercing, beautiful eyes. blue eyes. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. It's a loaded term, my guy. Which is the most casual way you can respond to uh, that. Um, uh, with that said, on the other side of this bracket, we've got Harry Potter and the S- Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending which part of the world you're from. Uh, released in 2001, directed by Chris Columbus. Um, Harry Potter. 
doesn't know how to be a wizard boy. Turns out he is a wizard boy. <laughs> goes to wizard school. And basically, this is really, I forgot how much of this movie is really just like a slice of life <laughs> wizard guys being dudes. movie for like 75% of it. And then the other 25% is like, there's a story about. You just wanted to get um, the Bridge Schoolboy back. You just wanted to invite him back on the podcast. I see it. That's truly terrifying. Um, yeah, so as for this movie, um, my mother read these books basically like as they were first released. So me, very, very, very young, saw this movie. And broadly, not a scary movie, um, but for whatever reason. Tro- I, I knew it. I was like, troll. it's the troll toll. The troll. Wow, I did not the expect it pretty to be scary. the troll. I... Wow. I um yeah. it is. I'll just jump in here if you don't mind with my with my thoughts. Uh yeah, go for it. you know, at first I'm like you picked the wrong scary one. It's Chamber of Secrets, uh obvious for obvious reasons. No, it's Prisoner of Azkaban. The, the spider the werewolf. The spider. What are you guys no, talking? None of that scared me. It was just the troll in the wow. first one. At no, like but honestly, this first one, upon a rewatch, one, so much whimsy. I had a great little time. Uh it's, it's literally so much like whimsy. a wizard slice Who knew of that half those characters would be dead by the end? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> the author's the a piece author's of shit. Let, no, let's let, let's take a time to be say <laughs> fuck J.K. Rowling once again. They're in. Have you guys fucking heard this? Uh, Graham Norton, you know, famous like uh, fucking late night. British comedian. British he, comedian. He spoke like for like trans rights and was talking about it and used J.K. Rowling as whatever. And J.K. Rowling and her followers petitioning for him to be off air. My God, J.K. Rowling fucking blows. I can't believe Harry Potter wrote itself. It's pretty miraculous. Yeah, the (laughs) this story is full of so much whimsy. It's one of those things. If you scratch the surface, we're not. Who knows how much we will. Um, You realize how like functionally fucking broken the world of Harry Potter is, (laughs) and is clearly written by a person that has a lot of preconceptions. She invented slurs for this book. Okay, the, she, the scariest part about this movie is J.K. Rowling's involvement. Hagrid literally rolls up seconds like after properly meeting young boy Harry and is like yep. teaching him wizard slurs. Yeah, he's like they're muggles. <laughs> yeah, I'm like again, damn, again dude. with the whole like <laughs> goblins coded as Jews. That's weird. It was weird upon a rewatch. I'll say it. Uh, yikes! Yeah, <laughs> big yikes. The last one I just want to call out the like fucking epiphany I had rewatching this for the first time in quite a few years. But she portrays Harry being forced to do chores around the house like he's shown like cooking for the Dudsleys and whatever he's shown like cleaning their house. Clearly, this is shown to be a bad thing. And then she turns around and has yep. a slave race that is like, no, no, no. They <laughs> yeah, want to yeah. do be forced to do housework. Them- <laughs> give them a dirty sock. They could be free, but don't have rights. They don't have rights. I just like shit's wild. That's she crazy. invented slurs. Anyway, okay, anyway, sorry. Uh, uh, Alec, it would it would have been so easy for her to just be like, "Oh, it magically appears." There doesn't have to be a slave race. Like, no, there there literally literally doesn't. And then, no, whatever, whatever. No, <laughs> this one is day, the scary uh, part you know, about this movie. We need unload. to talk about it. How can you turn something so innocent and so whimsical <laughs> into something so hateful? I hate her. It fill it with like proxy yeah, uh, th- th- basically the one part that actually like scared me a little bit or whatever i remember when i was a kid was the chess actually uh, it was the chess scene that scared me 
Um, oh. It was just like so like foreboding to me, and then like getting to it where the like the face like jumps out at you at the end, like Voldemort's face in the dust. That part always scared me as mm-hmm. a kid, uh, and I was like, maybe something, maybe a mystery is afoot. Um, yeah, the, it was the end that that scared me a little bit, and racism. Yeah, Alex. So this movie, I don't think scared me particularly much. Um, maybe mm. Fluffy did. But um, my brother was particularly scared uh, by, I believe, this movie. Yo. To the point where we had to Whoa. leave the movie theater. <laughs> Shout out yeah, your brother, that's though. That's pretty sick. But, yeah, I mean, I like the Harry Potter movies. Um, yeah, d- divorced from their shitty, shitty author. They're yeah. kind of fun. They're kind of fun. If you if you choose to ignore the the, It's just lucky that she didn't the, write the script you know. like she did with the Fantastic Beast ones. Because, oh, God, can she not write a movie? Uh, <laughs> it is different skill it, sets. I maybe. believe in One? <laughs> different skill sets of writing, and that's literally all—all mm-hmm. all the evidence you need. Look at the writing for Fantastic Beasts versus anything else. So, in terms of comparing these two movies, um, mm-hmm. I want to get into another review because there is a play version of James and the Giant Peach. And Delaney says, fun fact, they played the spider when they did James and the Giant Peach for their school play. Um, Yes, they did indeed get made fun of for doing it, but nonetheless, super fun. So cool. They had a boyfriend at the time. Parentheses. Yuck. He made me a little shy. What? Thank you for bringing that to the table. Um, Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, that's actually a really, really great (laughs) comparison. Um, Both of these films feature young Mm -hmm. boys as their protagonists. Um, that end up in worlds beyond their own comprehension. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so when it comes to Harry and when it comes to James, you know, and Delaney mm-hmm. and Delaney, how do we feel like they rolled with the punches? You know, like I feel like Harry is surprisingly okay with wizards. Well, he was being like being abused real. at home and like with no process. Like, of course he's going to say <laughs> yes, shiny magic. I mean, like also imagine being told like you're, nothing for your entire life and then some giant guy comes in gives you a cake turns your uh, shitty stepbrother into a pig and then is like by the way they're less than you yeah you can call them a slur (laughs) like yeah of course he's gonna go with it he's like seven years old you know what what i'll say james and the giant you know and it's kind of fucked up because like if anything hagrid started early grooming harry to become the cop that he does become he, be- <laughs> he becomes a cop. Out of all things, Harry becomes a racist cop. One of the very first things Harry learns about the world of magic is a racial slur, yeah. and then he becomes a cop when he's an adult. How much more, How much more perfect could that, that be? Terrifying. That is truly terrifying. <laughs> and then Delaney. Well, we all know what she's. I need to know if Delaney has a hot mom or mommy figure because we got the spider and we got McGonagall. So we got two hot mommy figures. You know, do you mention yeah. McGonagall, Jake? Is that it? Is that all you had to say about that? <laughs> what I, said? Um, I, I was trying to formulate a joke about furries, but couldn't hmm. make it to the finish That says more about you than it does about me, so I think I came out of this pretty pretty uh, spotless. I'll say it. Yeah, Jake Jake always this finishes when he comes less, less true than, than I... <laughs> This is a really, <laughs> really productive conversation. I'm sorry. I just got blinded by yeah. the slurs thing. Okay. I, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's honestly <laughs> totally fair. And yeah, Look, no. I, I, I have a question 
for just this bracket going forward. Are we voting for the better movie? Or are we voting for the scarier? Like, how are we? How are we feeling so, about that? So that actually brings up uh, something I wanted to to pose to the group mm-hmm. with each film, really. I think we, we talk, touched on a little bit. Would this have scared each of us as a child? Whatever. We could talk about it more explicitly. But if you had a child, mm. would you let them watch these mm. movies? Ye- God, it's so tough because I don't want my kid to watch Harry Potter because <laughs> then he's going to learn about slurs. <clears throat> and I don't want him to watch James and the Giant Peach because I hate it. And I don't want to watch James <laughs> and the Giant Peach. <laughs> and the thing with children, you never know what movie they're going to latch on to. make their whole personality... God, could you imagine if my child loved James and the Giant Peach and I had to ha- play it on repeat yeah, every be, day? That'd be pretty bad for you. I, 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 I know that'd be bad for you. I Here's the thing. I, the most fucked up thing for me, I don't know that's, if this is going to be a great gauge. I'd show my kid pretty much anything. Yeah. Like, I'd Hell probably, yeah. like, with the exception of maybe Saw 2, I would wait till... Exactly. Well, they gotta watch. You the beat first me to one. it. You beat me to the joke. You beat me to the joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if we'll get there soon, but you know, oh my god, the ghost it almost got us. I Barely made the, it. I, I, I'll be honest. I think the ghost was mad that you stole my joke that I was gonna set up so fucking well. I'll say you, it. I think ghost is on my side. It probably is, but you teed it up so nicely, and I I'm know. like. I know. You just get like so saucy and juicy when it comes to Saw, the Saw franchise that you had saucy. to jump on. Saucy. We, we, will, we will get to it. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, James and the Giant Peach, Harry Potter. I don't think there's anything. Um, I don't know. I don't know where that comment's going. I guess I'm looping back around to what Jake initially asked. Yeah. How are we, <laughs> we voting or how do we so, think we want to vote? Thinking about, like, do you think this movie scares a child more than the other movie? Right. Like, okay. And do, but I think, too, at least something that I'm considering is, like, is this a movie that I think a child would watch? Like, because for me, I think a child would watch both of these movies, but I don't I think, think that is necessarily the case. Like, these movies were made for children. I don't think that is the case for all of the movies in this bracket. Are you so that, at least... that Matthew and I are just have fucked up childhoods? <clears throat> <where> we... <laughs> no, I mean, kids watch <laughs> things they're not supposed to. But I think, too, like, they become movies that scare you. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> kids, if you're listening, you a ch- watch kids, a movie. Kids, that please, you... <laughs> don't watch James and the Giant Peach. If normally we ask you to watch along, please don't watch James and the Giant Peach. Um, but like for me, I think um, I completely forgot what I was saying. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Um, okay, so concept. If we were to show these movies to a room of 20 children, varying in age. From- this is starting to sound like a saw trap. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm sorry. My my brain's wired differently this week because of these movies. <laughs> okay, okay, how about this? You have a room of 100 children, mm. and you ask the room, if you want to watch this movie, go into the second room and you watch the movie. And then from there, what percentage of those kids are scared? Because it's a percentage of, do kids want to watch this movie? And then watching it, are those kids scared? Do, we're, we're about to unload some fucking crazy-ass calculus for how we vote on this bracket. So be prepared <laughs> okay. for the mathematical proof to hit our Twitter audience. Right. What percentage of kids want to watch Harry Potter? Two. I don't know. I bet like 100 of them. I bet if you have 100 kids, 100 of them. No, probably like, what, 98? 
I yeah. bet the vast majority of kids want to watch Harry Potter. How many of them have been raised by like Harry Potter fanatic parents yeah. and then they're like, that's cringe. <laughs> Dad is cringe, dude. Yeah. Well, they also could be, I don't know. It's kind of oh. interesting now because like, I feel like with a new generation of kids, like people might not show them Harry Potter as much because of how awful JK Rowling has been. That's Honestly, true. like There's some truth to that. Like yeah. there, there might be a whole generation that just stop, stops giving a fuck about because we only hold on to it. Like I, I will admit, I still enjoy these movies. They whimsical as hell, man. Um, but you know, kids, kids might not, not might yeah. not be fucking with it now. They have no attachment, so why, why subjugate themselves to a true fucking hateful motherfucker? I guess Go ahead. one last point that I think is important is. What do we classify as kids? Like, are we putting teenagers in the room? I think is it like, like six-year-olds? Three to 15. Yeah. Because mm. then they're like properly teens after that. Yeah, interesting. Once you can drive, all of a sudden the world is just different. And that's that's for my US MFers out there who can drive at 16. <laughs> yeah, you're being very... <laughs> Did you say uh, MFers? MFers. We don't that's curse so on this good. podcast. Yeah, this is the kids no. episode, Alex. <laughs> So I've been conceiving of kids as like, like eight. three to ten mm. because like once they become teens, I don't think they count as kids anymore. I mean, they're children, but, you know, I guess kids versus children. Again, the rational calculus. Great movie unload. idea. <laughs> kids versus children. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I think the wizards take that one. James and his fucking bug friends. They get the axe, dude. Yeah. Especially if they find out that one of the voice actors was Jewish. Uh, <laughs> they'll be like, get back to Grey Gods. <laughs> no. Uh, I'd like to take this moment to remind you uh, of these, uh, these three hosts who are all Jewish. <laughs> Can we talk about how much I dislike the vast majority of the bugs in James and the Giant Peach? Yeah, I yeah. actually feel like some of them are like bad people. Yeah. But, yeah. They also force that one to be a light all the time. Yeah, that sucks. She's like in a cage. Pretty fucked up. And then one time she peeks out and they're like, get back in the peach. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> up with that? Why do they all have different voices? These bugs are from the exact same garden. Why do they have different voices? Sometimes it makes a, no sense. A naughty I hate little this French movie. spider makes her way to England to really liven yeah. the place up. I, I can I can go first here. Ooh, hot. Yeah, and I'll, I'll vote and then explain my reasoning a little bit so you can kind of have a frame of reference going forward, audience, mm -hmm, of how I'm mm -hmm. going to be voting. So I'm going to vote for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone um, over James and the Giant Peach. And as far as like what criteria goes into that, um, I think at the end of the day, we're we're still in part evaluating these movies as movies. Um, and I just think Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is a better movie. But beyond that, um, nothing to me really stands out in James and the Giant Peach as being particularly frightening. Whereas, like, I can conceive of moments in Harry Potter where a kid watching it could be, like, there's somewhat intense circumstances, you know? Like, going through the little fucking puzzle mm. of dungeons at the end, that could be pretty, That's what I'm pretty saying. intense, it was pretty you know, scary. for a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like hmm. that is likely to, to scare a kid maybe a little bit more. So I think I'm going to try and merge the idea of, like, sure a good movie with also potentially frightening kids yeah, and that sort of thing. I think I could go next after that, actually. Um, I think 
I think you said it in a way that like is kind of what I'm thinking going into these where it's like as a kid and I'm learning on my experience like I just loved watching movies whether it was kid movies whatever you know I pitched movies where I just like thought they were movies so this idea of like false sense of security where like I think I'm watching a movie that seems like innocent or just like I'm watching a movie then it just scares me that was something that happened to me a lot as a kid because I would just watch (laughs) movies that I just were enjoying. (laughs) And that's like so, such a good way to describe it. That like false sense of security, I yeah. think like hits at like a movie that's scary. We'll get to one in the second half of this bracket that I think fits that really well. Yeah. And and for me, when you were talking about like, I, I think Harry Potter does that perfectly. It Like it was whimsical. I was having a great time. And then as a kid, I got kind of a foreboding, scary time with some of the scarier stuff. So it like it, it tricked me a little bit. Um, It didn't. Whether it meant to or not, it, intensely, that's a whole other story. But I think my vote goes to Harry Potter here. Nice. Well, that's two. So it doesn't matter what I vote for. But I think I would also vote for Harry Potter in this one. Um, I think part of the criteria for me is that not only do I think, like, I do think James and the Giant Peach is scary. Like, those bugs, the way that they're animated can be scary, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think Harry Potter is intentional about the times that it's trying to be scary. Um, mm-hmm. It is like much more thoughtful about it versus James and the Giant Peach is just like, why those bugs look so scary? Why they yeah. ugly bugs? Why, why uh, that boy all of a sudden look gross as hell? Yeah, that, boy, boy, that boy gross as hell. Why that boy gross as hell? Why they why they eating their peach that they flying in? What happens when they don't got no peach and then they did? I yeah. I also agree that Harry Potter is just probably a better movie than. than (laughs) Uh, So that's like three votes for probably a better movie and three votes for maybe a little scary. Um, Not that we're going to break the voting out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So we have six votes. We we have two brackets. We have the better movie bracket and we have the scary movie. We also have our anti vote for anti JK Rowling. So I'm going to use my anti vote here. Uh... (laughs) Um. Yeah, so with that, uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone slash Sorcerer's Stone advances. Um, Jake, do you want to go ahead and introduce Pan's Labyrinth? I sure do. Uh, This is Pan's Labyrinth, uh, 2006, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, It's 1944. The Allies have invaded, you know, a Nazi-held Europe. Um... but it's in spain there are no nazis okay they're just it's it's part of the whatever they're in spain a troop of soldiers are sent uh to a forest to flush out some rebels um they're led by a captain who's a (laughs) fucking sadist and he has a new wife and her daughter uh from a previous marriage and the daughter is 11 year old ophelia and as she is existing in this world she discovers her mythical mystic uh maybe heritage uh is it an escape is it um something else and she goes into a world of uh creatures and danger and um yeah it's 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 a beautiful movie uh uh i can appreciate it a lot more now like as as current jake watching this film i think this is my favorite del toro um Mm. this is just like head to toe i think like a really really solid piece of filmmaking the creatures look remarkable uh the effects they did doug jones is so good in this um but it scared the ever loving fuck out of me as a kid i remember renting this at blockbuster video and bringing it 
and it had a little like whimsical it had like i think it had like fairies on like the cover like some like you know cool and my mm-hmm. brother and i love little fantasy shit we were all all like that <laughs> and we watched it and then shit got real so fast even like stuff that like was supposed to be like ally or whatever like the fawn it's a great example the fawn is you know supposed to be her guide or whatever and like can be a little harsh and scary at some points especially when like ophelia fails him or you know whatever fails the tasks uh but he scared me just the way he moved and like the way it just like it can be horrifying there's so much suspense in here that horrified me not even just from a creature standpoint but some of the suspense just like really scared me as a kid uh, the subject matter, like it just, but it fascinated me. So it's like one of these things when I heard childhood fears with this bracket, a reason why I was uh, excited is because as you guys know, listeners, like I, I love, I love horror now. Like I, I am a big fan of it now. So at some point, like these films turned from scaring me to fascinating me. And I think this is one of the earliest ones that I can depict. I started to feel both, but I knew, I knew I was scared. I just didn't know why I was enthralled at the same time um so yeah that's this is why i picked this one uh alex what do you think yeah this movie was great i actually had never seen it before that's awesome that makes me happy yeah it was super good um something that i think will be learned about me throughout this bracket is that you're cute yeah thanks Mm. uh i was gonna say that like my brother hated being scared Mm -hmm. and so if there was a movie that like might be a little scary. My parents didn't show it to me at all. Uh, and that'll come up a couple times. But so like I didn't watch horror movies growing up. I really didn't watch my first horror movie until probably like seventh or eighth grade. What was it? Just curiosity. Do you uh, I think it was like, um, OK, so I remember one of the first ones I watched was The Orphan. Oh, yeah. Oh. Fuck that. And then the the second one that I remember watching was like one of the VHS movies. Dude. Whoa! Dude. Which is like such a wild, badass and introduction. They're coming. Which one it was? They're coming out hard. Apparently, the newest one is really, really good. I remember it was the one where it has the like a GoPro film from the zombie perspective. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's so, good. but like, I just like didn't have a lot of horror experience. Um, but this movie was super fun. I could totally see how a kid would like start watching this and be like, "Wow, this is a movie for me, a child," and then be like. Oh no! This um, is not. This is yeah. not a movie for me, a child. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. Matt, what about you? Um, yeah. So as I've spoken about before on the podcast, I absolutely love Del Toro. Um, I love this movie. I think it is so good, and it's probably an insult <laughs> that it's paired against <laughs> Saw too. <laughs> <laughs> But you'd never catch me saying that. <laughs> um, like, incredible movie. There are, there is so much, like, wonderful, deep, thematic filmmaking, both visual storytelling and verbal storytelling, literal storytelling, mm-hmm. I don't know, however you want to say it. Um, there, There is so much to love about this movie. Um, so I'm really happy you got to see it for the first time. Yeah, that makes it genuinely makes me really happy. I, this is part of the reasons why I love the podcast. I love it was great. my friends' movies. I yeah. loved it. And, like, I'd, of course, like, heard Pan's Labyrinth, but I had no idea what it was. Like, did I was you, totally surprised Did you know it. about, uh, have you seen images from it before? Like, were you surprised? Yeah, I had seen, like, the... You've the seen the eye. Okay, because so, yeah. that's, like, the... That's that's the scene that really got me as a kid. That seems mm-hmm. fucking scary. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it wa- is. watching his little body start grooving. <laughs> oh, oh. I like I feel like there is like a sleep paralysis oh. version of me laying in my bed when I lived with you, Jake, yeah. and you just <laughs> jittering your way into the room, buck naked, and I'm <laughs> butt naked, hungry for children, and I knew, I knew. Oh God, that's uh, yeah. I was so scared. I didn't think she was gonna make it. Her doing the chalk and like that. Oh, oh. So tense, so scary. Yeah, but there is quite the film opposite this one. Saw 2, released in 2005, directed by Darren Lynn fucking Bozeman. <laughs> is that uh, are you, is that affection that I'm sensing? It's complicated, baby. <laughs> it's complicated. Um, as far as the plot of this movie... Um, John Kramer, also known as Jigsaw, the media <laughs> gave him that name, though, <laughs> um, ha- has been apprehended uh, by the police, um, led by Detective Eric Harry Potter. Yeah, by Harry <laughs> Potter. Um, I do think Harry Potter would would act much like Eric Matthews. And oh, for sure. Oh, my God. A fucking suspect. Um, led by Detective Eric Matthews, played by Donnie Wahlberg. Just imagine if it was a different Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> then it would have as, gone down differently if Mark Wahlberg <laughs> was there. Um, as they see, as he races, as he seemingly races against time to try and save his son from one of Jigsaw's twisted games is the easiest description I'm going to give. Um, I yeah. have a very... <laughs> I, actually, you know what? These two know I have a complicated... <laughs> history with the saw movies uh sometimes you just meet a type of guy who's ready to unload a f- uninterrupted 45 minute rant about the saw movies at any moment um i'm that guy so when i i sat down and watched this for the podcast um yeah minus the ghosts a couple weeks ago whatever mm-hmm. um and i texted jake as soon as i i finished actually i was part way through it was during it was i know it was during i i texted him jake i feel like an addict who just got a hit of the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> liking saw this much is my toxic trait no you guys like actually don't understand like he whatever you think whatever amount you think that he likes these movies like Oh, and also hate watches them. It's like dial it to like a 13. Like this, this guy went on genuinely a full rant out of nowhere for no joke. Like it felt like hours. Like I'm pretty sure it was over an hour <laughs> at least. Uh, and I have like video evidence of it. There's, there's uh, like yelling and screaming and recounting of super specific <laughs> plot details and like specific traps from yeah. The, like I, but like that's the thing. Hearing you do it like made me want to watch the movies. Like for because I've seen a good chunk of them. I haven't seen all of them. That's for fucking crazy people. But. <laughs> <laughs> And the first one is a genuinely a great film, just just yeah. in, in general. It's just a great film. But hearing him talk about all this stuff, wow, does it open a box. And you think you know this movie? You think you know all the stupid bullshit? No. No, you do not. This man knows it all. You fall down the saw rabbit hole, like, so quickly with these films. Like, the first one's a genuinely great movie. 
like a very compelling like police thriller essentially Mm -hmm. it so quickly starts to go off the rails (laughs) as far as like keeping the overarching plot in check regardless this isn't a saw bracket we're not going to do that today okay i'm going to be reasonable as far as this movie scaring me as a child um this is perhaps the dumbest reasoning we're going to hear on this (laughs) podcast (laughs) um at a tender young age i accidentally stumbled upon a youtube video something like Ah. spongebob in saw Mm -hmm. two i never watched the first one and it's just like a shitty ms paint rendition of the plot of this movie done with spongebob patrick and two random guys did you wait just random humans like random schmoes yeah like random humans it's drawn in ms paint However, towards the end of the video, they cut in unedited footage of the scene where the guy cuts the number off oh. of his, the, his own yep. back. And that <laughs> fucked me up so badly <laughs> as a very young child. Yeah. Because um, I'm like imagining performing self-mutilation and viewing it in that detail at like, I don't know, like six or seven years old. Oh, it like fucking rewires your brain, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then yeah. I proceeded to watch the movies a couple years later. So you know. I think part of me is like so curious about that. Like, I, I really wonder, is it just because they fucked us up so much, like watching these movies that we were like, we need to search for something to like about this or something to like recontextualize. Oh. Like, Unironically, I think it's experiences like that as a young boy that like led me to getting into horror. Yeah. No, uh, like a hundred percent. Like, like, literally, same. For for the Saw movies, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for for this one. For it was always the advertising that scared me. Um, with these, like, I was really scared of the poster. I was really scared of like the yellow, like, kind of they would use. I just didn't like it. All the flashbacks when like dirty and grimy. It's dirty and grimy. Um, when she fell into like the needles, like that. As like, an adult, the needle pit is like the, oh, the one that that gets me. Mm, the- it's just like the grime is just like it was really effective to me as a, like I would as a kid. This is a real like fact. Like get scared of movie posters like so much that I would like not. I would avoid those like movie. Like I would be so disturbed by images, even if they were simple. But if they just like creeped me out. It was the same with, like, books. I remember, because I read a lot of Goosebumps, some, like, covers I just couldn't, like, look at because they scared me too much. Like, if I looked at the Haunted Mask one too much when I was a kid reading it, like, I got scared. Um, So this was always one that advertising just always scared me. All the trailers, like, you see on your, like, TV, if you're just watching a show and, like, the Saw trailer comes out, it just scared me and it just looked, like, so uncomfy. Um... So yeah, the, the Saw movies definitely lived in my head rent-free, and it wasn't until I w- someone was like, you like horror, you should probably see the first one at least. Um, <laughs> and then I did, and it was really, really good. It's a good movie. It's like an but, good movie. ooh, boy, did I need to be a certain age to really enjoy these. Like, there's no way as a kid you're enjoying this. Like, It, it also, it gets, like, the first two by comparison. The third movie amps it up in terms of the gore and then after that they're like we're going whole hog baby there's no turning back that's where you get yeah just it goes fucking psycho um so with that said alex how was your first experience with saw yeah 
Uh, I'd never seen this movie. I'd never what? seen any of the Saw movies. Whoa. Um, I didn't hate it. Oh. Yo, that's big. Dude, uh, solder day about to pop the fuck that's off. That's big. I could, I could do a solder day. This one wasn't too bad, though. No, it wasn't. I mean, I actually, like, I thought it was intense. I didn't think it was, like, scary. It They're they're more thrillers. They're very thrilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like... There were things that I didn't want to watch. Yeah. But like, that's so that's kind of going into this matchup. That's kind of the thing I'm grappling with of like, okay, was I scared? Was it like intense? Like, how am I defining a movie that scares a child? Um, Because like, for me, being scared doesn't necessarily mean not wanting to watch it. I feel like if I mean, definitely for me as a child, but I think probably a lot of kids would like watch Saw and think like, I don't like this. I don't want to watch it and would turn it off. Maybe Mm -hmm. with pan's labyrinth. I feel like a kid would watch it and they'd be scared, but I don't think they would want to turn it off. Like, I think a kid would keep watching. That's like kind of my, as soon as you were talking about that, like I I think my, my uh, comparison with these two and kind of in the head of like, I talked about Pan's Labyrinth being something that I, I unlocked my like, oh, kind of wonder about horror, but also like still scared. It's like scared as excitement and scared as like uncomfortable. Uh, and those two like verses, like mm. I, I was scared mm-hmm. of Saw 2 and like the Saw movies because I was uncomfortable. And so like it's sca- like it was like a scary it's scary to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and but with. Pan's Labyrinth, I wasn't uncomfortable. Like, it was more exciting, but it was more like, why am I enthralled by this? I'm a little scared of how, like, I don't know, that I, I am genuinely still interested, but I am getting scared. So it was like, does that make sense? And by the way, I don't think, like, n- there are no people who would, like, not be enthralled by Saw 2. Like, no, no, no. Very yeah, clearly, yeah. there's at least one person <laughs> on this podcast who would be. But, like, I'm enthralled as an adult, but just that's I, I was because of say. Matthew. That's as a child, I fucking fit. I still finished that you, SpongeBob and Saw Two. <laughs> um, I, I think that's a really interesting way to describe it. Um, and I, I know you're not like meaning literally. You know, all children are going to turn Saw off because it disgusts them or right. whatever term you want to use. Mm-hmm. But that idea of like, in, in this, I don't know if this is going to make any sense. But in my head, the experience of watching something like Pan's Labyrinth and that type of approach to horror is almost like the call of the void kind of idea of like when you're like on the edge of a cliff and your brain is like, you could throw yourself off. Like you could like delve deeper into this world Mm -hmm. kind of thing is the the experience I get watching Pan's Labyrinth. You wouldn't download a car. Yeah, exactly. And we literally get to watch Ophelia mm-hmm. fall into that exact mm-hmm. thing, um, which I think is it, it's just it's such a compelling movie. Mm-hmm. And I have so much respect for something that like is for sure like going to scare, especially a young person, but do it in such a way that they're going to bring them along for the ride and like make them not want to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. S- saw being seen by someone who's like not 15 years old in the theater with his friends like, yo, that was sick when that guy's head got split open <laughs> Um, at like age, I don't know, 12 or whatever. Yeah. Like it's a very different type of that feeling, you mm-hmm. know, for me, another layer uh, with pans uh, that I 
that I realized was I, I love the movie Spirited Away uh, mm. a lot. And uh, that movie also was pretty like scary, but in a different in a different like way, like uh, the whole just because because Pan's Labyrinth is essentially more or less the same story of like kind of like this escape and this child and like the fantasy element of that and like dealing with all these like really traumatic things. Obviously, Pan's is a little bit more <laughs> serious and intense but um it i think it also reminded me when i was a kid uh, of spirited away because i definitely saw that first before this and uh something about cranking it up a little bit more and recontextualizing fear like the fear of like in spirited away of like moving away going to a new place and like you know what's that mean and like with this you know the real fear of uh the your your family and your situation literally needing to escape something really dangerous um whether or not they're real or not real, it's not kind of the point, but it's it's scary. And I think Pan's Labyrinth kind of matured a way that I already felt that I knew I was already scared of and I knew was still scary to me, but it was it was maturing the way I got afraid, uh, which I think is a really compelling thing to do to a kid who's fucking scared watching a thing, you know? That's a really interesting and compelling way to think about it. It's, it's very thoughtful. Um, how do you think the characters in Pan pan's labyrinth would do in a saw trap um i feel like the fucking sadist captain might love that shit i don't know he the cut sadist his... captain it actually they would reveal that he has been helping jigsaw the whole time <laughs> <laughs> he was um, dead but then he came back but then he wasn't dead and then he like <laughs> yeah uh actually saw two features at least three characters who have actually been helping jigsaw the whole time wait okay and little did you idiot brains not realize <laughs> that it so, was not just amanda you fools yeah because amanda i it took me a little bit watching it to realize oh shit she was from the fucking first one and then i yeah. immediately brain blast jimmy neutron moment to your rant and i heard amanda's name i was like no she's in it she's fucking in it she's part <laughs> of it I'm all yelling the order of which his accomplices have yep. secretly been helping the whole time before this person and before that one in this movie is whatever um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like clearly Ophelia is very down with the idea of going through trials, you know? Mm -hmm. This is true. But would she succeed? She failed at the one that was like an actual test of her, you know, like well, greed I, or whatever. I, I, mm -hmm. I think some of that's the, the question. How much of um, Pan's Labyrinth do you think is real? Right. You know, the movie plays with it a little bit. And, oh, yeah, it's um, very compelling. And I, you know, I don't think it's... Like, I, I definitely think it leans with most of these supernatural elements being at least in some part real, but it's also ambiguous, much like it's ambiguous if John Kramer is clairvoyant. Um, he does know everything and he's able to foresee exactly what people will, how they'll act and what they'll say. God. Um, yeah, it, it, is it some kind of clairvoyance or is he a deistic figure? You know, he's mm. never killed anyone. Um, much Here's like God thing. didn't murder everyone when he sent the, the <laughs> flood of the earth, the you know? The, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I have to give you boy Jigsaw credit. He said one of the most funny lines to me. Uh, he is full of good, funny lines, honestly. Tobin uh, Bell is great. Tobin Bell is great. Whenever he said your son is in a safe place and he <laughs> the was, man knew. the man was in a safe, I literally... <laughs> Tackled. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> like, it's hey, I gotta give credit where credit's due. My man's a jokester. I wonder, like, if I would have a totally, I probably would have a totally different experience if I watched this movie a second time. Yeah, it, you would it's, have a different experience if you watched it with Matthew. Yeah, oh, that for sure. 
Man, I would love to watch the Saw movies with Matt. Mm -hmm. That's the appeal of the Sodder Day. Can we literally come like to your house and just do it? Like plan a trip? Like that's what we're planning to do. (laughs) A Sodder Day. I've got a sick mask that you guys will really enjoy. (laughs) I should have never got you that fucking mask, man. (laughs) Um, And I I own all of I haven't seen Spiral yet. You know, and it's the same director as Saw 2. Again, as I said, <laughs> there, there, it's a loaded question. The same uh, director. How I feel about Darren Lynn fucking Bozeman. Um, it's crazy. I, 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 Matt, I want you to tell me more about why you love Saw 2. So <laughs> we, we are fast approaching time to, to not, again, get into a rant that is 50 minutes long. Um, Saw 2 is what I like to refer to as like one of the transitional movies in Mm. the Saw franchise where it was still working its way to finding its feet in terms of what does this series want to be? Because the first movie is primarily like a fairly compelling police thriller slash just regular thriller. And this movie starts to creep a little bit away from that, but it still like holds that identity pretty close um uh, can i interject with something actually yeah go for it i think that it's because it was such a surprise like i heard they had to rebuild all of the 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 bathroom set and everything because they thought this movie would fail it, it was like so cheap to make the first saw and then all of a sudden it made so much more money uh that they're like well we have to fucking sequel it and then it's like well shit now we have to make this a world of voice and like all that stuff but yeah sorry i just think it's yeah really- so it, it's one of the things that's really fascinating one day we'll get into it when i pitch either the first movie or we just watch all the movies <laughs> what the hell um but this being that kind of transitional movie it still holds some of that heart in terms of being like a more proper thriller and less of like a ridiculous gore fest and those are two separate concepts ridiculous and a gore fest um, <laughs> and <laughs> One of the things I really appreciate about this film in particular is it has somewhat consistent theming. This idea that um, at their heart, people have something to fix. Um, And in some cases, they are the most dangerous thing that around us, as demonstrated by half the people are killed by one of the other um, participants in the trap. And also, um, Detective Matthews, his just generally shitty behavior being the worst possible version of himself not only landed his son in this position but also lands him right into jigsaw's hands um i think are like really fun elements in terms of where this movie ranks on like my overall continuum of the saw movies the first one is definitely my favorite yeah um this is like top third though i i think it's maintains enough balance between being a good movie and starting to find the feet um without being like the the worst of the transitional movies it still wasn't quite sure what it wanted to be yet yeah we like start to get the inklings of jigsaw literally being an omniscient god like he (laughs) says to detective matthews what was the last thing you said to your son um and references it in conversation as if he knew the literal exact words he said to his is the last thing his son said to him, which was we'll go then. Or that's what he said to his son. Sorry. And like that just gets increasingly worse. Like everything <laughs> that this movie starts to set up is really what gets carried through into the rest of the series um, is something I've got to appreciate. And it's the first time we see that dreaded plot twist yeah (laughs) they've been helping the whole time it also does a thing that i think 
when done poorly, it's just like, I don't really care about this. Uh, where they do the whole, like, wait, the scenes that we've been seeing actually already happened. Uh, you're too late, you dummies. Um, I could take it or leave that trope. It, it's also, that is that is a worse trope. I love that they've been helping the whole time because it just makes the plot like the overarching yeah. plot more confused and worse, yeah. <laughs> but they keep doing it and it's mwah, chef's kiss. The, these events you're watching actually happened a long time ago. They do a couple more times yeah. and it's always fucking bad. Yeah. It's and bad it's just twist. like, I'm just wa- like, that's so lazy to me. That's so lazy of a reveal. Like at least make it interesting that I don't know, man. Don't know. Well, was this the first time they did it though? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I had a good time with it. Well, yeah. Which is fair. That's like, fair. like, not having a ton of experience with horror, not knowing the Saw movies, like, I thought it was pretty fun. Oh, just hop, wait, hop on the fucking ride, baby. Also, <laughs> so many of these characters, who knows if they'll even be alive by the end of the series. <laughs> just Jake. like, just like Harry Potter. Of the, of the <laughs> <laughs> Saw 2 is essentially Harry Potter, except it um, has a more, I guess. A- Saw 2 is actually more child appropriate. I, I, literally these, I... It's so hard. Yeah, it is. Because these movies objectively, like Jake over here, think about that spider again. Ninety percent <laughs> of them are just like fucking bad. Dude. I can see Matthew sweating. We need to get him out of here. We know yeah, we need we, to vote. I'm sorry. We, we, we need to we vote. Ha- we we have to sweating. vote. I, c- I could talk about Saw, any Saw movie for hours. Um so message us on social media. You can't talk about pod. spiral for hours. You uh haven't yet. seen it. So if you send spiral spoilers to me, I will not kill you because murder is distasteful (laughs) for all you saw heads out there. That is a line from the saw movies for all of you that aren't saw heads. Right. The saw heads already got it. They all of us own T-shirts with that line on it. Can you Jake, imagine? Do you wanna, Jake, do you want to start? Yeah, God, you please. Imagine you imagine walking into a high school, high school Matthew, and he has a shirt that says murder. <laughs> it's distasteful on I'm it. I'm dressed like, actually, all through high school, I dressed like cool, hip Tobin Bell pictured in Saw 6. I actually don't doubt that at all. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to vote. Yeah, you guys need to free me from this. Yes. Um, if not just to free Matthew from his shackles, and also just the recontextualizing of uh, fear as a kid, um, I'm going to vote for Pan's Labyrinth here. We haven't even delved into like the core scary stuff or really talked about it. I feel like we've only scratched the surface. Uh, much like, I guess, the Saw movies, too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, one of well, those will break Matthew out in hives. So I'm going to vote for the one that doesn't. I... Yeah. I am so torn right now, but I will vote for Pan's Labyrinth so I do not put my good friend in that horrible position of needing to de- needing to decide between his most base instinct of voting for Saw mm-hmm. or voting with his philosophical tendencies. But now, but now's the no. I want to see what he actually would vote for though. Without without us, you know, we probably should have made him go first. <laughs> Here's what's tough: uh, this podcast, the tough cut. You you guys have it's like a weight. The weight of having to defend the Saw franchise. No, I swear they're decent. <laughs> as, as just like sailed from my back. Like I am Atlas and now there's a second <laughs> swole guy to carry the earth. Nice. Um, Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell. He tagged me out. He weak as hell. Um, well, he's cancer. <laughs> oh, that is true. Well, the, That's John Kramer me. does. Yeah, John Kramer does. Not anyway, Tobin Bell. I think you guys spoke to... A lot of 
really, really deep and, and like true feelings about Pan's Labyrinth. And I spoke to as well, honestly. I think Pan's Labyrinth hits a lot of things like square on the head in terms of my perspective on these movies. It is a fantastic film that's just going to like reel people in and slowly starts to unravel this true nature um, that is genuinely very frightening, but you like want to see it through. If to know how it ends, if Ophelia makes it, if Spain is liberated from the fascists um, and so many other things. But on the other hand, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, God. On the other goddamn hand, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the Saw movies are near perfect. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Wait, hold on, Chief. I'm gonna let you finish, but um, I love the Saw movies so much. I was not being ironic when I texted Jake that yeah. liking these movies this much is my toxic trait. I actually think I'm watching SpongeBob and Saw two <laughs> like reprogrammed <laughs> my fucking brain. Guys. Like, I will. It's so hard to explain, and you know what? Hmm? This is a uh, the dude from New Kids on the Block. That's uh, Mark Wahlberg's brother. He's in that band. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, so with that said, <laughs> it, uh, it, I'm voting. I uh, Pan's Labyrinth advances. But what are you voting for, Matthew? I'm voting. <laughs> I'm voting. <laughs> in November. In the midterm elections. Pokemon just like go you should. to the polls. Um, so Pan's Labyrinth advances. It will face off against Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone um, in the semifinal. But coming at you next week, we've got some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Coraline versus War of the Worlds and Killer Clowns from Outer Space versus Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. That's a hilarious yeah. matchup. That is so fun and i'm so excited about that one it's gonna be a lot of fun Um, i'm really looking forward to it um if you enjoyed today's episode remember to rate and review the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms please share the episode with someone who enjoys saw so that we can talk these two they're just gonna share it to you they're literally just gonna share (laughs) matthew your dms are gonna be like insane they're gonna start Popping the F off because <laughs> now they know daddy loves Saw. <laughs> yeah, I I will drag these two kicking and screaming into watching every single <laughs> Saw movie back to back to back. And then I will reveal my rating of all the movies after the first one because that one's the best. And that one know, is the two best. Two in the top third. Where do the rest fall? Gotta watch Spiral first to find out. That's true. So maybe Spiral's gonna knock it out the park. <laughs> You don't sound confident at all. <laughs> all right, guys. We we love there, you. There are certain film communities where people were dissect. Okay, it's the Saw community. We're yeah. dissecting the trailer <laughs> for a spiral being like, couldn't this possibly be an implying that this is a reference to this trap? Oh Saw 5. Matt, what's your favorite Saw trap? What's my favorite oh, trap? Oh, God, we're going to so be here this forever. This is a highly controversial. Oh, well, actually, I don't know how controversial this is.